Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. We are on a little bit of a vacation. We, mm-hmm. we got so hyped. <laughs> we got so hyped, Noel, when we rediscovered one of our favorite catchphrases. Yeah, straight seahorse teeth, baby. Um, it's true, though. You speak the truth. We are on a microcation. Uh, and uh, we thought, as we actually mentioned in the previous episode uh, that you've heard this week, um, where we rediscovered the expression straight seahorse teeth, uh, there's an episode that that came from. And it was one of our early ones. And it was about, um, among other things, just the history of kind of weird dental work, but but not yeah. in a triggering kind of like, you know, well, you're scared of... Well, that is, okay. <laughs> the title okay. is When Dentists Sold Dentures Made with Corpse Teeth. So if you asked me, if you were like, Ben, is this a is this a downer episode? My answer would be, oddly enough, absolutely not. And Max yeah, never heard yeah. this one. No, it, it, Max had, and this is definitely before his time. And, uh, downer in places because it does involve you know corpses right. uh, uh, and the uh, the unauthorized use of their teeth but um it's also delightful things like like seahorse teeth involved as well so uh it's, it's quite the romp if i if i recall correctly max we think this one is straight seahorse teeth mm-hmm. and we hope you enjoy it as much as we hope our fellow ridiculous historians enjoy it i think it's a good phrase i think it's cool i think it works uh, to quote Jonathan Strickland, the quister, roll that beautiful bean footage. It's no secret that one of uh, the average American's least favorite things to do is to go to the dentist. Not not super popular with a lot of people. Ben, I'm fond of going to the dentist. Does oh. that make me weird? No, no. It's just another reason that I find you extraordinary, Noel. So, extraordinary is just another word for weird, though, isn't it, Ben? No, I, I feel like it has a better connotation Nowadays, although extraordinary could be anything unusual or anomalous, nowadays we usually say extraordinary when we mean something is good. You know what, Ben? I'll take it as a compliment, then. 
Awesome. Speaking of extraordinary, let's introduce everyone to our super producer, Casey Pegram. But I don't want to get lost on on this conversation, Noel. You you genuinely do like going to the dentist? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was gonna go with you on it. I know. I couldn't I could I couldn't lie to the people, man. Mm. No, I was just trying to be extraordinary. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's weird because uh Dentistry is, it's a necessary thing, right? Yeah, it's come a long way. And it has come such a long way. You'll hear some critics of modern dentistry say that they're purposefully not pursuing the newest technological breakthroughs or techniques. But you and I grew up in the days, and and Casey, you as well, grew up in the days where those uh, mercury fillings were quite common. Remember those? I don't. You know what's funny? I I never had a a cavity Mm -hmm. until like last year because I benefited from a uh, development in modern dentistry called sealant, which Mm -hmm. is a thing they did to like every kid in my town, I guess, because I know lots of other kids that got it. But I've also talked to people that I have no idea what I'm talking about. And it's some kind of like extra coating they put on your teeth Mm -hmm. that kind of cases them in and keeps them safe from all the horrible stuff that you shove into your mouth as Mm -hmm. a child. So I had this like false sense of security and this false sense of superiority that I had never had a cavity. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden at 34 years old, getting cavities. So, you know. Uh, Well, can't you get them resealed or something? Yeah, that's a good question, Ben, (laughs) to, to which I have no answer. I think it's something only children are permitted to do. Oh, wow. I don't know that. Like, like The Shining in yeah. the Stephen King universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, See that's that. not quite. See that. That's not quite true because no. Colloran also had The Shining. He did have The Shining. Yeah, but he. Oh yeah, I don't want to get a seed. But we're we're talking about dentistry and how far it's come. We're very very lucky today in comparison to dental patients of the past. You and I quite recently learned that. Um, now, a little bit about the history of dentistry and just how gruesome it was in way back in 1815, I guess the foundations of what would become modern dentistry existed, but it was still in its infancy and people had terrible, terrible teeth. You know, you would just, your teeth would get ground down over time, depending on your diet. You would lose teeth to infection or lack of hygiene and maintenance, and it didn't matter whether you were a pauper or a prince, your teeth would probably at some point in your life become problematic. Yeah, especially in the upper class in like the mid to late 1700s when, you know, ingestion of sugar by the upper class was on the rise. That really precipitated that rot and that um, irreversible decay that would happen in the mouths of these aristocrats, which led to things like horrible, horrible stinking breath mm-hmm. and like a funky kind of rotting taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody wants that. So what would they do? They would just like get rid of all their, their <laughs> real teeth and get them replaced with some handy dandy dentures. And we should also point out these problems. I, I think that was the primary problem, but there was also a compounding factor, which was people would try to whiten their teeth as well by using acidic solutions. Gross. So if the sugar didn't get you, the acid would. 
that's the thing you always think about when you're you're talking about you know past forms of technology that we now know and love and and, and benefit from. There's a lot of just kind of trial and error, and it's like, oh, this does one. It's sort of like a mercury as laxatives. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this definitely does one thing, but it also does this other thing that I'm not fully aware of, and that is is, is ultimately worse than the thing that it's fixing. Right, right. But let's make sure my bile is correct. Right? Of course. So. They're they're on a search for dentures. They know enough about human anatomy to know that it is uh, virtually impossible. Well, let's say extraordinary for people to grow multiple sets of teeth. It does happen, but not often. And that's when you start to find advertisements. You said this was late 18th century, right? We found an advertisement reprinted in an excellent BBC article that we won't won't give you the headline of yet. But uh, we we can just go ahead and read it for you. It says, Wanted, several human front teeth. To prevent unnecessary applications, those only are wanted that are sent from the continent. Apply to Dr. Wolfendale, dentist, number 21, Dover Street, Piccadilly. That guy's a dentist, but he's not saying that he'll fix teeth. He wants to buy teeth. That seems a little weird, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but not really, because here's the thing that I was uh, intrigued by. Mm. The most popular way of making, uh, or the most popular and cost-effective way, let's say, of making dentures was out of, like, elephant ivory, for mm-hmm. example, or any other type of bone material. Yeah. But I didn't think about this at all. That stuff does not have enamel, which is nature's sealant. <laughs> right. And that is what keeps your teeth from, or at least, you know, slows down the inevitable process of your teeth rotting out of your head. So if you have these um, these and uh, these bone dentures in your mouth, they will eventually also begin to rot. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're walrus tusk, elephant tusk, hippopotamus teeth; they will eventually fall the same way. Especially if you don't change your diet. And I believe was it um, it was George Washington, right, who had dentures made of carved hippopotamus ivory. I think that's right. And that was, wasn't that like one of those kind of misnomer stories where everyone was like, he had wooden teeth? Yeah. But the truth was a little bit more, still weird, but but not wooden. Not that, as gross? Well, wouldn't, that would just get disgusting very quick. Wouldn't it? Because how often wouldn't it? How often would you have to replace those wooden dentures? Think about this. Think about a wooden spoon and how it holds up in the dishwasher, for example. Right. Or, you know, uh, upon repeated use, it starts to get kind of soft and and weird and squishy and and rough around the edges. Anyway, point being, the solution, the more expensive solution, because a pair of ivory dentures, so, okay, let me me backtrack this a little bit. Yeah. They would be full ivory dentures where they would be carved out of a single piece of ivory. Then the higher quality ones would have a base of ivory and they would have human teeth, to your point, Ben, Mm -hmm. human teeth for sale or, you know, seeking human teeth. Right. In the want ads. Mm -hmm. um, Stitched in or actually kind of like wired in. I believe they were like pins. There were were different ways of doing it. Pins and wires were the two primary methods. Mm -hmm. That's right. So this, this— Those would cost 100 pounds. Right. With the human teeth. And that meant that they were relegated to the upper crust of the aristocracy. Even. Yeah. The, I don't know. I'm not even going to ask you to inflation calculate that, but that would have been a dear, dear price. Right. Actually, my friend, I have some, I have some good news here. Because the United Kingdom has been around so long— we can take a stab at some inflation calculations. Ben, I am so excited about that. I'm going to give you a pass for actuallying me. <laughs> I feel like I actually both of us. You did. So, 
100 pounds in 1792 is approximately equivalent to 14,300 pounds in 2018. And let's take it a little bit further. Let's convert pounds to dollars because if we're being honest, I'm, I'm not sure about that conversion rate. I don't know offhand how much that is. I'm going to guess like 30K. Casey on the case. Was he right? Let's see. Let's I mean, see. isn't a pound like roughly $2? I know it changes. It fluctuates, yeah. yeah. So what, That's why I said roughly, guys. Roughly yeah. was accounting for fluctuation. So would that be, okay, so it's 14,300 pounds. That equates to, can we have a drum roll, please? $18,341.47. Jeez what? Louise. The pound is cratered. Well, you know, that that is in the news right now. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brexit is doing all sorts of uh, shenanigans. Man, to- I got to buy some stuff from the UK. That's a good idea. You know, I still, not to derail us too Ooh. far, but I still can't hear Brexit and not think of breakfast. Really? Yeah. <laughs> not as tasty. No. Brexit is going to be a future episode of Ridiculous History if we're still doing this show 20 years later. I hope we are. I hope we are too. I hope we still have the energy for it. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville. Oh, 
right? It's, oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was, a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, yeah, people would pay enormous amounts of money for these dentures that were, as you said, Noel, the Primo ones have an ivory base, individually sewn in or pinned in or wired in human teeth. And the reason that people would pay more for this is because the slightly lower tier ivory dentures were, as you said, a block of ivory where someone would just carve teeth-looking notches mm -hmm. into these things, and they looked terrible because they were way too white. Yeah. And they also were clearly one chomper. <laughs> so. That's right. Yeah, exactly. But back to human teeth. Back to human teeth. Are obviously, like you said, Ben, because of the, you know, the finite nature of our ability to grow teeth, we mm -hmm. got the baby ones, and then we got the, the big boy and girl ones, and then we're done. That's it. They are in short supply because nobody wants to part with them if they can help it. Because what happens when you lose your teeth, Ben? You can't talk. You sound like all mumble mouth. You get these like sunken cheeks looking things, you know? You ever seen somebody with dentures take them out? It's a thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's a definite weird moment. No it, shade on anyone that is missing their teeth or any elderly not. folks no. in the audience. It's a natural part of life. But these were like you know, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, and a lot of them were, like, in high positions in government. They did not want to take their turn at the podium mm -hmm. and have to, you know, mumble their way through a speech. That was not going to fly. And one of the big questions here then becomes, what is the provenance of these teeth? Because, as we said, tooth decay was rampant, so, you know, you have to find the right donor in order to provide the teeth. Otherwise, you have to find someone who is either um, impoverished and wants to make some money. To sell their teeth. To sell their own teeth. It's like that expression, I'd sell my eye teeth or I'd give my eye teeth for mm -hmm. a bite of that candy what, bar. What's an eye tooth? Yeah, I don't know, Ben. Casey? Is it a canine? I do not know teeth. 
Is it like a wisdom tooth? I feel like it's sort of like an imaginary tooth. Is it just one of your front teeth? Uh, let's just go. Let's go with that. Okay. A canine, perhaps? R- yeah, I was guessing canine, but write in and let us know. Uh, although we could just search the internet. Well, we'd like to hear your take. So I guess what we're getting at is you have to be in a pretty uh, sticky situation to want to sell your teeth. So while that may have happened here and there, that certainly was not a sustainable source of teeth. Ben, this is where your favorite types from this period come into play, the resurrection men. Oh, yes, it is true. It is true, Noel, because there was, you see, uh, one very particular demographic that didn't willingly donate their teeth, uh, but were left in a position where they could not object to their teeth being taken, and those were soldiers and criminals. Because after their uh, spirit had departed the mortal plane, uh, especially in the case of criminals, their bodies would be used by grave robbers, by resurrection men supplied on the medical black market for uh, people studying anatomy. But they found this other secondary market, which was to take their teeth and sell them to uh, highfalutin dentists. And what are you looking for, Ben, if you're one of these resurrection men? You want the freshest of the fresh. You don't want to go actually digging in graves if you can help it. I mean, sure, you you will if you need to. But um, what would be a pretty amazing source for these teeth, these precious little bone nuggets, uh, would be a, a recent bloodbath of a battle. Right, such as the Battle of Waterloo. That's where we're going, That's right? That's totally, no. we're there. Yeah, we're there at the Battle of Waterloo. Ugh, it's gross here. Ugh, mm-hmm. There's there's bodies everywhere. What was it, like 50,000 dead? Mm-hmm. Yes. After Napoleon's forces were defeated by the uh, the English. Yep, this human tragedy. The scene is, if you imagine, hazy. The smell of carrion is in the air. We're here, Ben. We're, we've we're we've here. traveled here. Yeah, we're here we yep, are. Uh-huh. And if you look in the distance there... Uh, as if you're here with us, you can see some groups of people walking from corpse to corpse, squatting down with an early version of pliers and wrestling, wriggling, wrenching teeth out of the mouths of these corpses. You see, this is a brand new business. And we say they're taking teeth. They're taking a lot of teeth. Well, here's my question, Ben. Do you think this was like parallel thinking was this just like, holy cow, this is a, a gold mine of teeth because this new profession or this, you know, uh, new trade had, wasn't that new. It had been around for a while. The use of human teeth, I think, dates as far back as uh, uh, the, the BCs. The yeah. BCs, right. Uh, 700 BC Etruscans in northern Italy made dentures out of human teeth. So, you know, while this wasn't like exactly a new idea, it seems like it was hot. It was a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. And that was a relatively... New-ish development, like from the mid-1700s, I guess? Yeah, and people, here's one of the big controversies that we're still trying to suss out today. Nowadays, we refer to this particular genre of denture as Waterloo teeth, based again on that tremendous battle, right? But according to some researchers, like Rachel Bearstow, nobody really called them that at the time. And this leads her to speculate that people may not have had any idea where these teeth were coming from. Do you think this would have affected the market? Since all of a sudden, I wouldn't call it a glut, I guess, the demand was so high. But this certainly, 50,000 human specimens, Mm -hmm. you know, 
that would probably have maybe caused a fluctuation in the price, maybe. It, I could see it definitely causing a fluctuation in the price. Maybe it would have gone down. We don't know how much. You know, it would make this level of dental work available to, say, someone who was just in the landowning class but not wealthy. That answer, we don't know. However, we do have a list from the British Dental Association's Museum in London. It's almost a menu. It's a tooth menu. It's, it's a mouth menu. It's listing American pivot teeth and natural teeth, and you can order them in an upper set of six, a lower set of six. You can order odd centrals, laterals, and canines. What are American pivot teeth? What is that referring to? We know that the definition of a pivot tooth is an artificial crown attached to the root of a tooth. Okay, so what we're talking about would be more the natural teeth, right? Right. We're talking about the natural teeth, and we have a chart for that, too, from uh, William Harnett's Dental Depot. Yeah, and a lot of this is coming from a fantastic article with amazing visuals on the BBC called The Dentures Made from the Teeth of Dead Soldiers at Waterloo by Paul Curley. And this Dental Depot has a price list from 1851 that shows the breakdown of how much dentists pay wholesale for these different amounts of teeth. I want to be transparent here. I have not become an expert in British currency from the 19th century. No. So there are abbreviations that I don't understand here. Yeah, like for example, it says you can get them in, it is natural teeth, by the way, you can get them in sets of six uppers, and it says from, and then it says two slash six to 25 slash and nothing. So, hey, Hey, write in if you're uh, any uh, historical dental uh, historians out there. Mm-hmm. That's redundant, but you know what I'm saying. Let us know. My favorite thing, though, it is has a whole list, and it says and it sets of six uppers from, and then that, and then it says ditto six lowers, and then we've got bicuspids upper. And it says nine D each. I'm not sure what the D stands for. Ditto lower sixty. Then you got the the animal type mm-hmm. teeth, which I love because it offers seahorse teeth. Yeah. Wouldn't those be tiny? And then it all offers straight seahorse teeth, which for some reason reminds me of mixtapes where something is straight fire. Well, if it's the straight seahorse teeth, that means it's uncut. (laughs) It's uncut. And direct. It's it's the direct Into your mouth with seahorse teeth. You can also get sea cow tusk. I presume that means that the dentist would be doing the carving of the tusk themselves. I imagine so. Unless some people just really wanted gnarly tusk. Which, you know, is not out of the realm of possibility. Especially nowadays with all these, like, grill pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. You ever seen any of those? They're, oh, yeah. The vampire teeth and with stuff? With the fangs. Yeah, it's yeah. It's wild. I have an aversion to touching metal, as you know, so I the thought of having that in my mouth fills me with dread. Well, here's the thing for me. It's like, you, you're going to pay $50,000 to look like a meth head? Like, I don't <laughs> understand that logic. You know, it's Because from a distance, it just looks like your teeth are jacked up. That's Big true. Time. That's true. Um, but, you know, if it makes people happy and they're not hurting anyone, I'm sure that their dentist or jeweler isn't complaining. Who do you think puts those? Do you think it's a jeweler or do you think it's a dentist? It's a jeweler. It's no, a jeweler. it's funny. The reason I bring it up is because uh, I, I discovered this. Uh, there's a famous uh, jeweler who in Dallas who uh, does chains and stuff. Like he does it for like Lil Yachty and like all the Lils, you know. And he mm. also does grill pieces. And he, I think they're false. Like they fit on top of your regular teeth. So it's not like they're actually yeah. ripping your teeth out and replacing them with diamond chunks. But... It still, it it gives me the creeps too, Ben. I'm with you on that. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. 
So I want to go back to your earlier question about whether the market became glutted. It's strange because two things occur in the mid-1800s. There's the 1832 Anatomy Act, which clamps down on the trade and dead human beings and dead human being parts. Because it was the Wild West up to this point. It was pretty weird. Willy-nilly. Yeah. They mm-hmm. would just go on this battlefield and just rip out the, the teeth mm-hmm. of the, the, the dearly departed, the recently dearly mm-hmm. departed. And at the same time, there were some new things emerging that could take the place of real teeth. And that's where we start to see all these straight seahorse teeth. I can't not say it that way. That sounds like a really great compliment. You talk about someone's mixtape and you say, man, that was straight straight seahorse teeth. teeth. That's a great idea. We should make it a catchphrase. I think we should. I think we just did. (laughs) I think we did. Let's not go power mad. But, you know, let's be straight seahorse teeth about it. Yeah, I like it. It feels good. Some other things happened, too. Like what? There were some developments in dental technology and uh, required licensing of dentists. Because remember we were talking about how, like, I think that uh, researcher that you mentioned earlier, Ben, what was her name? Rachel Bairstow. She is quoted in saying that during this time, everyone dabbled in dentistry, mm-hmm. meaning that it was not necessarily a uh, codified profession yet at that point. Right. And so that's something that happened uh, right around the time of that anatomy act. There were also some other developments, technologically speaking, that may have rendered this question of, you know, human teeth for the middle class a little bit moot. Although we probably had a good 15 years when the the products of those 50,000 dead souls mm-hmm. probably made the rounds. That seems like a, lo- a long enough time for those to get some use, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say because at the time, look— Someone invented the first porcelain dentures in way back in 1774, but they were terrible. They would chip just like ivory. They sometimes look too white to be convincing. So these Waterloo teeth or human teeth in general were just considered easier to eat with, way more comfortable. And that continued after 1815 until, as we're about to explore now, these new technological inventions hit the market. That's right. By the 1830s, um, there were some significant improvements made to those crappier porcelain teeth. Uh, and there was something called tube teeth that was developed by a jeweler named Claudius Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, again, from this BBC article that I recommend highly checking out because there's some amazing pictures of all of the stuff that we're talking about. The American innovators of industry, Charles and Nelson Goodyear of, of the Goodyear blimp fame, um, developed something called, uh, well, it was a compound using something called India rubber that is very much in line, I think, with what is used today that your grandpapa might have, the pink kind of soft rubbery base that looks very much like gums that make up the part of the denture that the teeth are actually embedded in. And it was easy to mass produce and it fit the bill in terms of the color. Yeah, called vulcanite sometimes. It was the discovery of the vulcanization of rubber. That's the process that allows rubber to withstand heat and cold. And this stuff eventually went on to be used in so many other things. Tires, obviously it's Goodyear pencil racers, life jackets, balls, gloves, and more and more stuff. But yeah, it played a huge role in the dentist industry. You mentioned tube teeth with Claudius Ash. Uh, he mounted his on something similar to a grill. It was 18-karat gold plate and it had gold springs and swivels. And this is where we get to a part that really bothers me, man, because as even though they're making these amazing breakthroughs in the appearance of the teeth, 
the appearance of the gums, the placing of it, and so on, they still have these steampunk-esque metal springs that, right. that connect the top yeah, and like lower piano palate. Yeah, like piano wire almost yeah, kind of situation. Yeah, it's disgusting. It looks like something off of Hellraiser. Wouldn't uh, that, like, rub you raw on the inside of your mouth? I was stuff? thinking about that, too, like Ugh. cutting the inside of your cheeks. But the thing is, these would get fitted for people and then refitted after they had spent some time with them. You would go to a jeweler. The jeweler. And they would fix up your—they would fix your springs. Because that's the thing, Ben. That researcher you mentioned earlier, Rachel— Barristow? Barristow. Barristow, yeah. She had a great quote saying that in around this time, everyone dabbled in dentistry because mm. there were no, like, laws on the books or regulations governing the, the profession or any kind of certifications. That would not come for many, many more years, which is crazy to me, until, mm. like, almost 1900, I think around 1879. That was when the first register was created. That's right. right? But they they didn't even have a dental legislation passed until 1878. So that's why you would go to a jeweler rather than a specialized dentist, unless you had a dentist who happened to just be somehow good and not just some Johnny toothpick off the street who wants to mess with strangers' teeth for money. Ah, yes, JT. Yeah, old Johnny toothpick. And as we know, this field continues to evolve. In the 20th century, acrylic starts replacing vulcanite. Fluoride makes its way into toothpaste. But the big question, which we still, still do not know the answer to, is how many of these people knew where they were getting these teeth? I mean, how, what would you have done? Wait, like if you if you had some really... You've been eating, you've been living a sugary sweet life. Yeah. Uh, you put just, some acid on your teeth. pixie sticks and, mm-hmm. and, and Skittles. And marzipan or something, right? I love marzipan. Marzipan's great. I love marzipan. I like the, that's the stuff with the almond in it, yeah, right? Yeah, almond paste. It's amazing. So good. Uh, you and, can make little trinkets out of it, too. Mm-hmm. You can mold it into little characters. Like fruits. And, little yeah, fruits, little figures, it. little mushrooms. Mm-hmm. We should get some marzipan after this. We should. There should be like a, you know what? The, there's like a, a French bakery downstairs that has marzipan. Oh, yeah. Casey loves that place. It's a good place. Um, what would I do? If yeah, what? would you, if you were on, if you were on the dental fence and you had lost several teeth at this time, would you be comfortable putting the teeth of another person in your mouth, taking a tooth donor? I would much prefer the teeth of a freshly deceased you know, strapping young lad uh-huh. than that of some sort of hardened criminal hanging from the noose, rotting uh, in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I see what that's, you're saying. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same page as the resurrection men. I want mine to be fresh. There's another thing that happens uh, in, let's see, before the legislation stuff passes in the UK, supplies of these human teeth are not just limited to Waterloo and criminals. They increased during the Crimean War of the 1850s. And in 1865, an outfit named the Paul Mall Gazette reported that some London dentists still refused to switch to porcelain. They said, no, natural teeth, that's my business. Human teeth, get me more teeth. And I know Waterloo is over, but we have a whole new source on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, you see, the Civil War occurred. I've heard of that. Yeah, and now there's an entirely new source of teeth for what were called the tooth robbers. So, like, evil tooth fairies, mercenary tooth fairies. I love that image, Ben. I love that image. Now, here's a question for you. Sure. Can you imagine if, like, organ transplants were possible in those days? 
what oh. a, an absolute ship show those battlefields would have been with people just pulling out guts left and right, throwing them into coolers, you know? I shudder to think a lot uh. of people would have died simply because the hygiene wasn't there. Oh, yeah, I know. Right, and we didn't really understand what makes... Uh, because in this alternate stuff, in yeah. this alternate reality of mine, organ transplants are possible, but people are still quite disgusting. Right. Well, they would also first thing if we've learned anything, the first thing they would try to do is transplant organs from animals, mm-hmm. which uh, <laughs> that's my that's my reaction to that. We're we're verging on to a different show that we do, but check out our episode on stuff they don't want you to know about the red market. The red market. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. In the, in the meantime, though. I've got to say, although we give dentists uh, a tough time, I, I if you're listening and you're in the dental industry, you're a hygienist or you're someone who just carves teeth from enamel, which That's is also a, a job, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you're uh, a DDS yourself, thank you so much. Hug a dentist. Hug a dentist. Thank them for not putting the teeth of a corpse in your mouth. That sounds like an ancient curse or something bad. (laughs) May may the teeth of a corpse ever be in your mouth. (laughs) Right? That's that's some pox on your house kind of stuff. It really is. And on that note... On that note, uh, I like ending on on hug on a, a dentist, on a pox, hug a dentist, and then a, and then a curse, a pox on your mouth. Yes. Uh, so, let us know what your experiences have been with dentists. Do you think dentistry gets a hard rap? Uh, do you think people should be more appreciative of dentists? Would you sport the teeth of a corpse in your mouth on a day to day basis while you eat your hot pockets? Let us know. You can write to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook group, which is The Ridiculous Historians on Facebook, courtesy of our pal Mark Zuckerberg. We got some thanks to throw out there. We do have some thanks to throw out there. Of course, Casey, super producer Casey Pegram, as always, thank you. Uh, Noel, I want to thank you. I think this has been a pretty cool conversation. We found some neat catchphrases. That's straight seahorse teeth, dog. Right. Right. And we also want to thank uh, Alex Williams, who composed our track. Which is straight seahorse teeth. Which is straight seahorse teeth. Folks, I hope you enjoy this catchphrase because I think we're going to we're going to ride this one out. This is not the last you've heard of straight seahorse teeth. Definitely not. Uh, we want to thank our research associates, Gabe, Christopher Hasiotis, and Eves Jeffco. And most importantly, we want to thank you, folks out there in podcast land. Thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we talk about uh, feral children mm-hmm. and imperialism. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good old time. And Roger Kipling. Ooh, boy. That guy was a jerk. Real pill. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 